to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, which provides management, publicity, and related services. The show website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes, plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms. Do be sure that you have also signed up there for the weekly e-newsletter. There have been some exclusives in the newsletter that either haven't been made public anywhere else or were at least first seen in the newsletter, so be sure you're signed up for that. The folks who get that have even gotten access to discounts lower than anyone else. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from North Carolina, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who is a voting member of the Recording Academy. She has performed at CMA Fest and is a Hollywood Music and Media Award winner. She was also the Nashville Universe Awards 2018 Rising Star and more recently released a brand new single at the end of January. Three music videos that she released from 5 to 12 months ago have each gotten from 4,800 to 8,800 views on her official YouTube channel. You've been hearing a song of hers called I'm On To You. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Tiffany Ashton. Hey, Bruce. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, Tiffany. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. You bet. I'm looking forward to this. Thanks for making time to be here. Yes, of course. Thanks for having me. Gotta be fun. It's standard operating procedure each week to start off the show by having the guest talk about the song of theirs that was playing during the intro, especially since I was talking over it and the song was not played in its entirety. So, Tiffany, in your case, share with the audience about your song, I'm On To You. Of course. So, I'm On To You came out July 26th, my birthday, um, in 2019. CMT actually premiered the music video on their website, which was fantastic. Wow. They are so supportive of me and so many different women at country. Um, so Leslie Fram and Stacey Cato there have both been super supportive. Um, yeah, no, but it's a super rockin' song. Um, I love it. I actually wrote it with one of my friends, Taylor Scott, at Ocean View Recording Studios in L.A. And um, yeah, no, it's one of those that's a just, it's a fun song. It's a rockin' song. Um, miss performing that one live, for sure. So since I was talking over it and the audience couldn't hear the lyrics to it, just talk about what the song is actually about. Oh, it's a cheating song. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I'm on to you. So the premise of the song is just that, you know, um, you're in a relationship and for as good as things used to be going, you kind of are picking up on the little hints of like, okay, something's really up here. And by the bridge of the song and by kind of like the climax of the story, um, to realize that they have been cheating on you this whole time. It's kind of like all the clues that have added up the entire, mm. you know, however long this person's been being dishonest with you. Mm. So that's kind of the premise of the song. And at the very end, my personal favorite part of the song is, um, you know, I'm on to you, I'm on to you, I'm on to you. And the very last line of the song is, I'm over you. Yeah. And the person just walks out. I liked that. And so listeners, being that we weren't able to play the song in its entirety, make sure you go hear it and stick around to the end, like Tiffany just said, so you could kind of hear her kind of give that twist of the knife at the end. Tiffany, I really, really hope that this was just a song that you conjured up. And I really hope that you did not have to go through this and wrote it from personal experience. Oh, no, no, this one's not... Um... I wouldn't say this one's necessarily autobiographical. How How is that? Um, but I do believe that we've all been through some relationships that are just not good relationships. How's that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, definitely not autobiographical good, in good, its entirety. Good, Well, this is something that we don't get the chance to talk about a lot on NHTE, but it's important. So, mm -hmm. Tiffany, last year in May, you graduated from college with a degree in economics. You were doing music and school full-time, and it does my heart good to see someone stick with their education because I think the temptation, whether it's performers or athletes, for example, is to think or assume that, of course, sports or music 
is going to work out as a full-time career. And as much as an athlete or an entertainer does need to have that confidence in themselves, you can't ignore the uh-oh, what if, and not have a college education to fall back on. So I would just love to hear you speak to that because obviously you demonstrated that getting your degree was still important to you, even though you were already having lots of success music-wise. Right. I have... Uh... I don't believe in fallback plans, (laughs) so I really actually don't love it whenever people say, call it a fallback, because education is one of those things that I feel like is invaluable no matter what you end up doing in life. Um, A lot of times with secondary education, you're taught in a lot of ways how to analyze and how to kind of think for yourself. And those kinds of situations are really important, whether you're in business, whether you're in music. And I also kind of look at the music industry and I see a lot of artists that don't understand business. And I see a lot of business people that don't understand artists. And so to be an artist that has kind of a business background, I mean, it's been invaluable to me and it's given me a different perspective on the music industry. Um, So, my degree isn't really a fallback as much as it is kind of supplementary to what I'm doing. Um, with economics, I mean, it's all about supply and demand and all of these different kinds of things that are very applicable to entertainment and are very applicable to what actually is able to help us make money and able to help us satisfy our fans in the way that we need to. So um, a lot of artists kind of, you know, either laugh at that or they think that that's something that they don't really need and it's like I don't know I don't think that there's ever such a thing as having too much knowledge so that was kind of my reasoning behind going and getting my degree but I absolutely I mean I had a fantastic time getting it and also doing music full-time although it was a challenge at some point (laughs) balancing full-time doing both yeah but it just took a lot of persistence and a lot of um I guess for like a better word, persistence and ingenuity, mm-hmm. you know, you've got only got so much amount of time in your day and what you use it for is important. So, And I love that whole answer that you gave, especially the perspective on that it's supplementary and it's not a fallback and right. hats off to you for having that vision early on to say, well, I am going to do music and I am going to succeed in music, but what can I do to have something that's going to complement it? Right. And I know that there's been a couple people, but unfortunately, it's only been a couple people that have come on the show and talked about their music career and said, well, I actually have a degree in business. And Mm -hmm. so as a result, and then they talk about how they're able to navigate the music business better. So really, really great answer. I I love that and and good perspective. So all that being said, how did you first start singing and songwriting? (laughs) I've literally, I like to tell people I've been singing since I can remember like there's never been a point that I don't remember just always pretty much waking up and singing in the mornings you know um so by the time so my mom actually tried me out on all kinds of different things when I was little because she knew I liked to sing but she was like okay what's that gonna look like for her she put me in one pageant I cried was not my thing Mm. um (laughs) went into cheerleading for like half a year you know but I mean this whole time I mean this was all before I was six years old And I just always loved music, you know? I just always just wanted to sing. That was it. And so when I was six years old, I did my first solo at church and started going around the South doing um, Amazing Grace for all sorts of different churches, for my grandparents' churches, for friends of theirs. Mm. Um, So I started doing that. And then I started performing the national anthem for minor league baseball teams and like for the Dodgers training down in Vero Beach, all sorts of different things like that. Um, and started doing different events, but all of those things. And I also joined choirs as well. Okay. So I had a little bit of more knowledge of like music itself. That was kind of the, the thought behind that is joining choirs, trying to learn how to read music, all of those types of things. So, yeah, that was kind of where I started. Um, I started performing when I was six, and I always wanted to songwrite, and it's so funny because I actually found a notebook. I guess this is about two or three months ago now. I personally thought, or the first time I remembered trying to songwrite something that was more commercially viable was whenever I was like, you know, 
10, 11, 12, mm-hmm. whenever I first started playing guitar. Mm. Well, it turns out even before that, I rediscovered this notebook from when I was eight. And you know, like Joe Ramey from The Sound of Music. Uh-huh. Well, I had taken Do Re Mi and made it my own little musical scale, which is what it's supposed to symbolize anyway. Yeah. But I uh, put lyrics above it and was trying to write my own music when I was seven and eight. Mm. <laughs> so I guess you could say that I've always just kind of been a songwriter. That's just always been in my heart to do. So whenever I picked up guitar when I was 11 and 12, that was like the first thing that I wanted to do. I I, ha- I had always loved to write poetry and I had a collection of poetry and I'd always loved music and writing, you know, and singing music. But to me, before I started playing guitar, they felt like pretty different spheres, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and guitar was kind of that bridge for me toward writing more commercially viable music. So, Yeah, that's amazing because normally you hear about someone learning to play guitar and it seems like the first thing they do when they pick it up is they want to play songs that are favorites of their songs from the radio songs that are popular. Yeah. And so, you know, I would guess I'm saying this for the benefit of the parents out there. If <laughs> you've got a son or daughter that starts to learn piano or guitar or whatever. And the first thing they want to do is try to songwrite and take those poems that they've been writing or the lyrics they've been writing. You need to let them go on their way and, and, and learn about songwriting. <laughs> uh, I do know that there will be lots of Tiffany Ashton fans listening to this episode, but for those, that didn't see it on social media or read about it in the weekly e-newsletter a new entry has been made on the list and we're now up to 154 countries around the world where this show has gotten listeners from so there are going to be people who are just being introduced to you for the first time for their benefit tiffany talk about where you're from and actually how that has influenced you and your music of course so i actually was born in atlanta georgia in the United States Um, and uh, moved from Atlanta, Georgia, whenever I was three years old to North Carolina in the United States, which is in the Appalachian region. So there's a lot of different influences here. Um, A lot of them are country influences, but I also went to an art school starting out in elementary school. So I um, got exposed to a whole lot of different genres from the beginning. Um, You know, I had a, opera singing teacher that took me under her wing when I was super little. So I learned a lot of classical there and Broadway from her. Um, My guitar teacher is a McGee, which in the bluegrass world is they're like, like a Royal family in the bluegrass world. Mm -hmm. But um, his name's Ralph McGee and he's super duper talented, but I learned a lot of bluegrass from him. And anybody that's in the bluegrass field can attest, those guys can play instruments like nobody's business. They are just talented. And so it was really thankful to have him as one of my first guitar teachers. Um, But yeah, so I mean, right there, there's bluegrass, Broadway, opera, country music. I always, when we got in the car, turned on country music. That was always like my first love. And so... But being exposed to a variety of different things, and of course my mom used to listen to like the early naughties hits, you know what I mean? The pop and the jewel and the um, Avril Lavigne, like that was mm-hmm. one of my first favorite people to listen to was Avril Lavigne as a kid. So right there, there are so many different, um, I guess, combinations of music, you know? Um, yeah, a lot of different genres that you were exposed to. Right, and I don't think I would have gotten that same taste and variety without having lived in North Carolina because there's a wide variety of people. There's um, so many different um, cultures kind of here. So it was pretty cool, I have to say. And that's interesting because when I asked you where you're from, I thought you were going to say North Carolina. Now, granted, you did say that you were only three when you moved from Atlanta. So even that in itself, I didn't realize that you're actually born in Georgia. So obviously everybody knows that Atlanta is a great place for music also, but it turns out that you went from a great place to music to someplace that was really diverse and you got exposed to as much as you just told us you were in North Carolina of all places. Right. And of course, I used to sing all over the South, kind of, whenever I told you that when I first started out, I was singing in different churches and that kind of thing. So I would solo 
and sing solos in Georgia or Florida or, you know, just all sorts of different places. So along the way, you kind of pick up all these different tidbits from different places. And it's kind of cool. It's kind of like a mosaic, I suppose. Well, so then who would you say are your biggest musical influences? And for that matter, I wonder if you've seen that change at all over the years, or if it's no, Bruce, I'm going to give you one or two or three names, and it's always just been those one or two or three. Oh, no. See, like, I I kind of think that you are like a mosaic or a tapestry of all the things that you've been exposed to, because whether you realize it or not, your subconscious has picked up on other people's music for as long as you've been listening to music. So, um, gosh, I love me some Shania Twain, some Dolly Parton. I mean, I love my country queens, you know. Um, But I also really appreciate the people that write their own music. So, like, Miranda Lambert, um, Alison Krauss, and Jewel, I love their voices. I think that they have just these beautiful, angelic tones to their voice. And um, anyone that listens kind of to my music can probably kind of hear some of those influences in the way that I style my vocal patterns. Um, But yeah, no, I kind of have all sorts of influences, and I love country music. And it's interesting because, as I said before, like Avril Lavigne was one of the first influences that I had. But I also just, what really kind of drew me to country music from the get-go, from the time that I was little, was it's really the storytelling of the everyday people. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever you get in your car and you're looking to turn something up that you've had a bad day at work, You've had a really fantastic day. To me, the first thing I want to turn on is country music Hmm. because it's relatable. It's what we go through every single day. And so that's always been kind of the draw to me for country is the songwriting aspect and the storytelling aspect. Um, I don't know if this would be considered an influence, but, um, you know, my granddad was actually... um, a Korean War veteran. Mm-hmm. I swear the man lived like thousands of lives in one. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's one of those people that was so storied. And um, <laughs> he used to, whenever I was little, I used to ask him about just the different stories from his life. And that man could make like a day that we just kind of go through and we'd be like, oh, that's so mundane. And he would make this super crazy story out of it, you know? <laughs> um kind of lived his life as an adventure. And so, I don't know. I kind of feel like I got some of my storytelling and what I want to say from listening to him and being influenced by him. Yeah, I see that. I see that. And storyteller was the word that was going through my head as you were starting to say that. But I also like that you did list off several people when I first asked you that question because, you know, for those of you out there who are just at the beginning of your music career... (laughs) If you just kind of really latch on to one person, it's going to be too evident. And, you know, you heard Tiffany say like, oh, you'll hear some of these influences here and there. But, you know, you do have to have a style that's your own. And if you're just writing the same way that someone that you really admire is, or you're just performing the way that someone you really admire is, everyone's going to say they're just going to compare you to that person and not necessarily in a good way. You know, so you do need to to establish yourself. And so, Tiffany, like I said, I I like that your answer was several people and not just one. And and then it's it's cool to cap it off with with what you mentioned about your grandfather, too. Right. I had a friend not too long ago ask me, if you were a song, what song would you be? Hmm. And to me, that question kind of blew my mind a little bit because I told him I was like, that's like asking which thread of a tapestry you are. Hmm. I said, nobody is just, that's one story of a whole colorful life, you know? And uh, I think as an artist, even whenever you're songwriting, you've got to kind of pinpoint what emotion, what story you're trying to tell with every song, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because if you try to write like five songs in one, you're just going to get a jumbled little mess, (laughs) you know? Everybody's been there. I've been there. I've got so many songs that you know you start and you're like you know what i i think i lost the direction on this i need to revisit this later Mm. you know what i mean and uh i think it's cool to be honest with yourself about that though and just kind of 
have to, you have to figure it out for yourself as a songwriter. But um, I think that's kind of lends itself to that influence um, that we were talking about. It's an influence, but it's not a pattern, if that makes sense. Yeah, and at the same time, I would say, though, that you know you don't want to kind of paint yourself into a corner and realize that, oh my gosh, the last four songs that I've put out, you know, I wrote them all on guitar with mm-hmm. minor chords. You could tell that these are all heavy, sad songs. I need to <laughs> get the major chords. I need to do some happy stuff. I need to not be painted as, you know, the person who's always whining and crying and complaining and mad at the world and angry. And there's a place for all those songs, but at the same time, it's also like, oh, okay, sure. I don't want to just be stereotyped as oh, all they write about, oh, all they sing about is X. So it is good. And, and I love the tapestry analogy. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, I think as a songwriter, that's really important. But then again, I have seen some people like, you know, your Lana Del Rey's and your, they, they kind of have like their niche, you know what I mean? That they kind of, they do roll with it. And a lot of their stuff sounds similar, but the second that they pop on the radio, you know exactly who it is, you know? <laughs> so, um yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's just a lot of different variety and a lot of different perspectives. So, well, we've we've been uh, rather reflective here the last few points that we've covered. So I want to start we to move <laughs> a little bit more, kind of almost almost present day. But I mentioned during the intro that you were named Nashville Universe's rising star. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, of course. Um, in twenty eighteen, I was named Nashville Universe's rising star which was fantastic. And Nashville Universe is one of those organizations. Um, Jeff Willett there is fantastic, and he does a great job at recognizing independent artists. Um, Nashville Universe itself and the voting body is made up of thousands and thousands and thousands of industry professionals and fans that are voting on that. And so just to be recognized by people in your field and by the fans, I mean, it, my support and my fans are the reason I am where I am. And I can't tell you how thankful I am for them and all that they do, because there are some folks that I've met on this journey that have made the ride so much, so much more amazing, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I'm thankful that they recognize me for that. And I uh, am really excited about everything and just really thankful. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from North Carolina by singer, songwriter, guitar player Tiffany Ashton. Visit her official website at tiffanyashtonmusic.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. There's quite a bit to see there, including the ability to purchase her music and other merchandise from the website. Plus, if you scroll to the bottom, you will see links for Tiffany's music page, on Facebook, as well as her official YouTube channel and her Instagram account. Her new single is called Cowboy, and although you can follow Tiffany and stream her music on Spotify, the better way to support her is to purchase a download of that song from iTunes, as well as other material that she has on there as well. A reminder to make sure that you're signed up for the weekly e-newsletter that I send out every Wednesday. Just go to the show website, nhte.net to be sure that you are signed up for that. All that's required is your email address, and I will only send to you once a week. I was just mentioning Tiffany's website, and wow, if you click into the shows section, before the pandemic hit, this girl was performing everywhere, Tennessee, California, (laughs) North Carolina, Florida, Maryland, Georgia, South Carolina, and all that was just in 2019 alone. Oh, yeah. Tiffany, how are things looking in terms of any live shows that you might be starting to book for the near future? Yes, no, maybe? <laughs> A definite maybe. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, right before the pandemic shut, shut everything down, I was pretty thankful because we were doing so much cool stuff. We got to play the Viper Room in Los Angeles right there on Sunset Strip, which for anybody that's a fan of rock, the Viper Room is like an iconic venue. Johnny Depp owned it for a while. River Phoenix passed away there. I mean, there's so many like crazy things that have happened there. Um, But we felt really blessed to be able to perform there. And that was just an amazing night. Um, Also got to do the tailgate for the Army-Navy game Mm. with Barstool Sports and Nine Line Apparel. Um, and the folks there are so awesome. They really 
they support the veterans and that means the world to me and our active military, of course. Because as I said before, my grandpa was a Korean War veteran. My granddad uh, was in Vietnam. Um, so that's just something that's really close and near and dear to my heart. I also do a lot with the Purple Heart here in North Carolina. I just really feel like it's important to support the people that have made it possible for us to live here and have all of our freedoms. Um, that we got to do the national anthem for the um, Army-Navy game tailgate, which was insane. <laughs> like, I can't even begin to tell you. It was wild. Um, of course, we also got to go to the game, too, and we are up in the, like, boxes and everything, and the president was a couple, like, boxes down, and I was just like, wow. oh, my God. And you had a huge New Year's Eve, too, at the end of 2019, right? Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that. Big night Nashville um, at Opryland Resort. Mm. Um, we got to ring in 2020, super celebratory. We had no idea what was coming. Um, <laughs> but it was, I mean, thousands and thousands of people. And, of course, for anybody that knows about Opryland, Opryland is the resort that's connected with the Grand Ole Opry. So even just to play there, we got to do WSM Radio, which is the original Grand Ole Opry radio station. I mean, there's nothing like it. And to be able to do the countdown for something as huge as that, was amazing. <laughs> um, so thankful for the folks at Big Night Nashville. Hopefully we'll be back ringing in 2022, but that has yet to, sure, you know, sure. lots of things up in the air with the pandemic, understandably. Okay, okay. Um, but the things that are coming up, I am very excited about. I can't say incredibly much yet about <laughs> some of the things that are happening but I can say there's been a lot of songwriting going on um, and I would love to do some more live performances very soon but we'll just have to see our first priority is to keep everybody safe so just clarify then because I know that you do perform solo but when you were mentioning say the Viper Room for example and some of the others you were saying we so is there such a thing as a band that plays behind Tiffany Ashton and if so what does that look like Yes, of course. So I contract out musicians, uh, which means it's Tiffany Ashton and kind of kind of like Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood changes out her bandmates sometimes. But um, yeah, so we perform and depending on where we're at. So the band that I played with in California was a little bit different than the band I played with in Nashville. Okay. Although I get to play with some fantastic players in Nashville, like sure. Smith Curry and Robbie Emerson. Like some of these guys have won like CMA Awards for Musician of the Year. They are phenomenal. But just to be able to play with that level of professionalism, yeah. I mean, they're fantastic, you know? Um, so I feel pretty blessed in that regard to just be able to play with them and learn from them and have those experiences with yeah. them. Yeah. So speaking of the pandemic, you used that time to do some songwriting that I would love to have you elaborate on. Oh, yes, of course. It's been actually a fabulous time as far as songwriting has gone. Um, I know this has been a really hard time for a lot of people in music, um, especially with the evaporation, essentially, of live performances. And, of course, at first was really bummed because we had some really cool things that were planned out. However, in the midst of the pandemic... I've actually picked up multiple different movie projects that I've worked on. Mm. One came out in December of 2020, and um, it was The Farmer and the Bell. So I actually got to be on that soundtrack with Rhonda Vincent, who is a newly minted Grand Ole Opry member, which is what? Um, mm -hmm. John Snyder from Dukes of Hazard, wow. And, I mean, he's so multi-talented. Um, the folks with Songs for the Planet and Justin Peters were the ones that got me connected in with that project. So I'm thankful for them and Jen Godson, who also got me connected in. But it's one of those um, movies that you watch, and honestly, it's super hallmarky. It is precious. But if you're not watching that and by the end thinking to yourself about the meaning of true inner beauty, you've missed the point. It is a precious movie. You know what I mean? You'll leave that movie believing in yourself. But, <laughs> um, so to be a part of that project was awesome. Um, I definitely think it was a message that, um, a lot of particularly young girls probably do need to hear mm. the message of what it means to truly be beautiful. Um, so just being a part of that project was fantastic. Um, but I'm also working on a major film out of Hollywood right now, mm -hmm. doing a lot of soundtrack work for that. Wow. Um, 
and I wish that I could say a lot more about it. There <laughs> is going to be a press release out in the next month or so detailing all of the specifics for it. But okay. of course, with the pandemic, things got pushed back, and now they're solidified to go on Okay. Um, in the next little while. So I'm just... I'm really, really, really excited, if you can't tell. Good, good. And listeners, you know that this is where I always encourage you to follow the guest in Tiffany's case to find out about live shows that she books and then, of course, this news that she's saying that will be announced soon. Here's a crazy connection. Way back on episode 250 of this show, my guest was Robert Eibach, who is a Billboard charting record producer, EDM remixer, DJ, and multi-instrumentalist who has worked on Grammy-winning and nominated albums. I'll put a link to that interview on the show page for Tiffany's episode on NHTE.net. Robert's my man. (laughs) Robert Eibach's dance remix of one of your songs called I Like It was under Grammy consideration a year or so ago. Trace the roots of that for us, meaning how did you and he get connected? Oh, my goodness. Well, Robert's been connected for a long while. I mean, Robert has done everybody from Ariana Grande to Taylor Swift. Like, he is an incredible remixer, and his folks at Delaware Music, like Dave Longoria, all of them are just, like, the most precious people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, me and you had this discussion earlier. Sometimes (laughs) you just meet people, and you're like, you're my kind of person. Like, I I can tell. You're you're kind, you know? (laughs) Um, Robert and all of his people are just like that. And so, believe it or not, there is a Cowboy remix in the making, although Ah. that hasn't officially been announced yet. So just a little sprinkle in there. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we're working on some really cool stuff right now. I like it. Um, Was doing really well. Um, There's some more kind of details on that that will be coming out really soon. Um, Not only was it under Grammy consideration, it was also being played in thousands and thousands of dance clubs across the U.S. pre-pandemic. So there was a lot of things going on with that. But right now they have shut down the charts and the dance clubs, of course, with the pandemic. But everything is still queued up to go through. So do you remember how you and him got connected in the first place? Oh, I definitely do. So... We actually connected in, gosh, I guess it was 2015 because it was my first Hollywood Music and Media Award. Um, For those of you guys who don't know, the Hollywood Music and Media Awards are known as one of the best indicator awards for the Oscars and the Golden Globes and uh, the Tonys. Like, there's so many um, award shows that they're used for the indicator awards for. But their main focus is where music and media meet. So anything like scoring, music put into movies, all those types of things, they're the award show for it, if that makes sense. Yep. That's just their specialty. And so whenever you're there, it's amazing because I actually won a Charlotte Music Award here in North Carolina mm-hmm. that qualified me as a nominee for the Hollywood Music and uh, Media Award. Okay. And of course, so it was local here. And so like, I didn't really have kind of a grasp on what the HMMAs were at the time. So I go out to Hollywood having no idea what to expect. And um, (laughs) it was wild because Verdine White of Earth, Wind & Fire gave me my award at the HMMAs the week before he gave Taylor Swift her award at the Grammy. So like if that like puts it in perspective, like it's just, I was mind blown. So at this point, I'm 18 years old. I am pretty, I guess I should say fresh in the music scene. And uh, Robert, of course, and David Longoria are both nominated for a Hollywood Music and Media Award. And uh, we met there and kind of connected. And they were like, we know for a fact that you probably qualify to be a Grammy voter. So like, have you looked into that? And I was like, I don't even know how to start. And so they kind of told me they were like, well, there's this huge long application process, <laughs> which I kind of figured. Like, I mean, it's there's a lot of qualities they look for for people that are helping to make the decisions on who wins a Grammy and who doesn't. You know what I mean? It's just a really big responsibility. Um, so, anyways, I filled out the application, and still to this day, one of the highlights of my life (laughs) and my career was getting that letter saying that I was a Grammy voter and uh, that they had seen my music and I don't know, like it, it, 
I'm sorry. I, I get really excited even just talking about it because it's just such an honor when you really think about it because the Grammys are the awards for every genre of music. They're just the people that make those overall decisions as yeah. far as, you know, who's recognized as the top of the industry. Yeah, it's a responsibility that you can't take lightly. Oh, my goodness. People would probably laugh if they knew how, like, seriously I take my Grammy voting. Um, That's good. You know, I, I go down and I listen to absolutely everything before I, I cast my ballot. Um, but I just, I think that it's important. And uh, just to be able to be a part of all of that is, it's huge. So pretty thankful for all of that. Well, I want to point out to the listeners, you've heard a couple times now, Tiffany has mentioned the name David Longoria. And he was on the show, too. I'll put a link to his interview that I did with him, too. That was episode 221. But for those of you out there who listen to the show regularly and or you read my weekly blogs, you know that I really go to great lengths to emphasize the importance of contacts. And Tiffany and I have found out that, you know, we probably know a lot of the same people. And lo and behold, I have literally sat in Del Oro Music Studio out in Los Angeles, and I've sat and talked in person with David and with Robert. What? And so that's kind of the point I'm trying to make is for those of you that really don't get it in terms of, oh, what are these connections going to do for me or just kind of the importance of getting out there and meeting people, you're going to find that as big a world as it is, the music world is very small. And here's Tiffany and I finding all these people that we have in common. So I'm encouraging you, those of you who are getting your music career started, to really get yourself out there and meet as many people as you can. And you're hearing Tiffany say the opportunities that she got. She became a voting member because she met David and Robert, and they encouraged her and they helped her. I just wouldn't have known about the opportunity if it weren't for them, you know? And uh, I just, I think this goes back to that. Do you know that saying, show me your top five friends and I'll show you your future? Yes. I think that's super important (laughs) because who you surround yourself with and your network and your support system, those are the people that are going to either have your back or have some type of input into the things that you're doing. So you just want to make sure that those people are people that you not only respect, but also have great integrity and are kind in their heart and have the best interest out for you too. You know what I mean? That's just kind of, I mean, I think that's what you would want in a friend, but I think a lot of times people kind of overlook that in business because it's convenient. Yep. Yep. Unfortunately. Yeah. Amen. That's fantastic advice. And I don't think that's the way that should be. You know, if there's somebody in your circle that you wouldn't even want as a friend, that person probably shouldn't be there, if that makes sense. Oh, very much so. And that's so. not even to sound harsh, but, you know, if you've got somebody that you're not sure about their integrity, you're not sure about their honesty, you're not sure if they're, the input that they're feeding you is coming from a good place, I I just would strongly recommend that for people is to look at their top, I say top five, because yeah, that's pretty, that's a pretty inner circle, you know? Um, But that applies to friends and that applies to your business acquaintances. Yep. I agree. I agree. So here's something else cool. Talk to me about having been filmed and followed during CMA Fest 2019 by the French M6 channel for... A documentary that also features Kiefer Sutherland and John Oates of Holland Oates. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Okay, so in 2019, they actually had come in 2017 and followed some of the recording of my songs, You Haul It and Can't Save You. You Haul It is actually out on Spotify and everywhere now. Can't save you. We're waiting for just the right time, as you know right now. But um, it's a really, really special song to me. Um, but they actually came and filmed the recording process in 2017 of me in the studio at Love Shack Studios, which okay. is owned by Big Machine record label in Nashville, for anybody familiar with, with them. So they were actually in the process of filming that for a good two years, wow. but they came back, added Kiefer in and added in John Oates from Holland Oates because, I mean, they wanted to show... Nashville, the city, and kind of what it means to musicians and artists. 
So they picked me to kind of be the fresh newbie, like the, <laughs> ah, okay. the one figuring it out and that kind of thing. And um, followed me during CMA Fest. So we did fanfare for CMA Fest and got to sign autographs, like right there next to Carrie Underwood. It was wild. Um, <laughs> but, of course, I love CMA Fest. It's like one of my favorite times of the year. It's kind of like Christmas for country music singers, if you all know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Christmas of the country music world. Um, so... They filmed Kiefer too, and Kiefer, um, of course, made his name in acting and a lot of those types of things, and also has a full-blown country music career as well. So he was kind of the one that like does Nashville and also does a lot in the UK and that kind of thing. And uh, John Oates is the guy that, of course, has been in Nashville and working out of Nashville for a super long time. So it was really cool to see all those different perspectives come together. Yeah. And it also, of course, I mean, the M6 channel, it aired there. And within days, like, I mean, thousands of followers from Belgium, from France, mm. from all over Europe, um, Australia, believe it or not. <laughs> there wow. were so many different places, Canada. Wow. Um, but it was just a really cool experience because it connected me with people. And I guess I didn't realize how gung-ho country listeners were in Europe. Um, <laughs> so it was pretty cool, actually. Um, and I still, like, whenever all of this clears up, and quite possibly even before then, based on some opportunities that are coming up with some of the movie things, um, I would love to travel to Europe, and I would love to perform, yeah. because I think that would be fantastic, and I'd love to see my European viewers, you know? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, it sounds like there's already an, an audience there waiting for you, so it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, I would absolutely love that, and uh, of course, I think everybody's kind of ready to get back out on the road. <laughs> that's for sure. I don't know an artist out there that's not kind of like itching, you know? Well, and I was just going to ask you, what is next for you and for your career? Gosh, I'm so glad that you asked. Right now, I've been really intently working on the soundtrack for the Hollywood film that I was telling you about earlier. Um, I am writing music for the soundtrack. I am singing on the soundtrack. And I also have a small role in the movie. So there's a lot of things that are coming right around the corner with that. I'll be traveling a lot to Nashville, L.A., and possibly overseas for everything that's coming. Yeah, so it's going to be a wild next couple months. There's more on that that's going to be coming out in the press release in the next month and a half. Of course, I've been writing my own originals, too, for me and that kind of thing, my own private projects. Um, Yeah, there's been so much new music that's come out of the pandemic um, that I'm excited to share. You know, I am really ready to go with some of this stuff. So that was one of the reasons why we decided to go ahead and release Cowboy and get it out there. So does that mean that throughout the rest of 2021, we might still see more new music being released from you, be it a single or an EP or whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's more new music on the way. Wow, wow. (laughs) Outstanding, outstanding. Well, we're going to close today with Tiffany's newest single, a song called Cowboy. But before I let you go, Tiffany, tell the audience all about the song itself, as well as the exposure that you were able to get for it through CMT and Spotify upon its release. Sure, yeah. I. Uh, this is actually a really funny background story for a song, because I actually read it with two of my friends, Taylor Scott and Wes Theobald um, of Ocean View Studios. And Wes is a guitar player, and he is really into rock and guitar. And so he came in with this, like, super rock and country track. And we were all just kind of sitting around listening to it, seeing what we we're going to write to it. And Taylor looks at me, and he goes, what if we did something called Cowboy or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I looked at him, and I went, ugh. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> And he was like, why? He said, that would be great. You're a country artist and you don't have a song called Cowboy. And I said, I know I don't. I said, I don't really want a song called Cowboy. Mm. I said, every, I said, you know, my whole thing is, don't get me wrong, love the Dixie Chicks, love me some Cowboy, take me away, and some Outlaw Country and all that stuff. But in every scenario, pretty much, in all of these songs, the woman is left to cry after the man that rides into the sunset. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I just, not really my jam. You know? Wow, wow. I, that's okay, you know, but I, we, so then we were laughing about it because I was very against writing this song. And uh, 
so we were just cutting up about it then. And I looked at them and I was like, in a situation like that, I'd be like, baby, you can be my cowboy. <laughs> and they all just, we just all had this moment. We were like, that's the song. <laughs> that's the that's what this song needs to be. You're like, darn it, did I just come up with the hook? I wasn't trying to. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know how, it's, it was like an anti-hook, you know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> no, we are not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's actually a super fun, kind of sexy, female empowering cowboy at them, which is pretty cool. Um, but CMT is so supportive of country artists, especially women in country right now, because, of course, as you know, that they, we don't make up nearly as much of the radio play. Um, but they really have been super supportive of this single. They put it on their, um, they put it not only on their The Roundup playlist, which is like their top picks for the week, which is so fantastic. They also put it on CMT, Next Woman a Country, which for anybody that knows CMT, that is a huge deal. So, I don't know. They've just been really supportive. The fans have been streaming it like crazy. Thank you guys to everybody out there that's listening and playing. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all keep streaming, keep playing and let's get this one on the charts. There's some really exciting things happening behind the scenes of this one. So yeah, I just encourage you guys to keep listening. Um, keep streaming, keep playing. This is, um, this is going to be a really 2021 for as weird as 2020 was <laughs> 2021 is going to be a huge year. Well, that's obviously great news and it's, it's exciting to hear that because obviously, like you said a few times, there's a few things that you can't talk about, but, but you know, it's on the way. So you know that it's going to be exciting. I wonder, is there going to be uh, I looked on your YouTube channel. Is there going to be a, a cowboy official music video that will come out? That would be fantastic. Definitely not ruling that out in the very near future. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot going on with the movie project right now. But given the right circumstances and opportunity, absolutely. Would love to do that. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Tiffany, congratulations on all your success. And thank you so much for being on Now Here This Entertainment. I really enjoyed talking to you today. No, thank you for having me, Bruce. I really appreciate this. This has been a blast. <laughs> my pleasure my pleasure thank you listeners that will do it for another episode of now hear this entertainment my sincere thanks to singer songwriter guitar player tiffany ashton do visit her official website at tiffanyashtonmusic.com look through all that is on there including the store section where you can get her original music as well as different merchandise that's on there too Use the icons on her website to click over to Tiffany's social media. Please like her on Facebook, follow her on Instagram. I did both of those myself this morning. I encourage you to please do the same. For that matter, tell Tiffany that you heard her and her music. I now hear this entertainment. Yay. We didn't get a chance to talk about her music videos that I mentioned back in the intro, having been getting lots and lots of views. So do check out her YouTube channel as well. Hit the subscribe button there and then watch and like the videos that she has posted. Her new single is called Cowboy, and I encourage you to support Tiffany by downloading it from iTunes. You can follow her on Spotify. She's got over 1,500 monthly listeners on there already, but I'll say it again. The better way to support her is to purchase downloads of her music. She has lots of other music on iTunes as well. Be reminded about making sure that you're signed up for the weekly e-newsletter that I send out every Wednesday. Just go to the show website, nhte.net, to be sure that you're signed up for that. All that's required is your email address, and I will only send to you once a week. For now, that will do it for episode 369. We'll send you out today with another song from Tiffany Ashton. This is the one she just talked about called Cowboy. Lanes up at the bar like your John Wayne Fire and whiskey running through your veins Something about you's a little untamed Hotter than Texas in your buckle and boots Calling me darling, what's a girl to do? Let me shoot you straight
I can tell this ain't your first rodeo. Cowboy, cowboy, baby, you can be my cowboy, cowboy. 